The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fertility FM, brought to you by CCRM Fertility. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so thrilled to be chatting with you two today because we've had so many conversations with CCRM doctors and specialists and other guests about infertility and everything that we need to do in order to get these little babies. But Mm -hmm. the one big thing that's been missing is the financial aspect of it and how difficult that can be and how costly that can be. So I'm thrilled to have you on to give everybody a little bit of an education into that. But first, why don't we start by having you just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do in this world. Sure. I am Dr. Shiva Talabian. I am a reproductive endocrinologist, fertility specialist at CCRM at the New York location. And I am the director of third party there. So I basically sort of do a lot of donor egg, donor sperm, surrogacy work, Mm -hmm. but also I'm a full fertility doctor. I've been doing this since 2008. So egg freezing, IUI, IVF, all of that. So that's my day-to-day, every day. Okay. Amazing. All right. And I am Naman Desai. I'm the head of product at Future Family. So we are a lender focused specifically on fertility care to help make these procedures more affordable and um, more palatable. Mm -hmm. Part of my job is to really help clinics innovate and understand how we can provide more thoughtful financing options to consumers or patients as they go through this process to remove Mm -hmm. that element of stress. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a care team that I manage. So these are fertility nurses that have worked in fertility clinics for years and years. Mm -hmm. They now work with Future Family and our our patients or our borrowers. They have access to our care team. So in the evenings, if they have questions or Mm one-off things that they want to chat about, Mm -hmm. it's a great complement to the care experience that they get in the fertility clinics themselves. Mm -hmm. So what would someone need in order to be able to get your funding? So it's it's not too dissimilar from the type of loan or the process that you might go through for like an auto loan, but it's actually extremely fast. So it's much faster than that. You go through about a 90-second online application. Mm-hmm. Uh, we basically do a soft credit pull. We understand your FICO score, your income. And from there, we can give you a pre-approval. Again, like the vast majority of our consumers actually just do this online from their phones. Mm-hmm. It's that easy. It's mm-hmm. that fast. Mm-hmm. Once you get a pre-approval, you're able to chat with some of our account executives who can better help you understand the size of loan to take out. And they're experts in fertility financing. Mm-hmm. And so they'll take a look at your treatment plan and, right. and some of the approximate costs that your clinic might have quoted to you and help shape the right you know loan package for your needs. And that includes medication and other types of testing through mm-hmm. you know pharmacies or other ancillary providers anesthesia as well. Okay. And so they really help you customize a loan to your needs. And then we offer loans anywhere from 12 months to 60 months. So, you know, it's really based on you and what right. you want to be able to do and, and your financial situation and cash flows. And if you want to pay it off faster, totally cool. If you want right. to pay it off over 60 months, also perfect. Right. Most of our borrowers, they take out loans for 60 months. It just makes sense that, you know, your monthly payments are more palatable. Right. And to the extent that you go through more than one cycle, you can take out a second or third loan, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And again, that's just like, it it makes it a lot more, it it opens up the opportunity for a lot more folks to go through this process. Of course. I 
didn't know such uh, a company existed. I think that we're also overwhelmed and we get such sticker shock and then Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily know, and this is why exactly we're doing this podcast, that there are companies like that out there that can make it more palatable and accessible and possible for us to do all this. But I feel like we should really get into like the actual hard costs. Like what what kind of money are we actually talking (laughs) about here? So it varies depending on what you want to do. There's egg freezing, IU IVF, donor egg, donor sperm, adoption, surrogacy, all these things range in pricing. So let's start from like the initial egg freezing, which is what I think, you know, so many women are looking to do in their 20s when income is not at our highest, you know. So just simple egg freezing costs. What is that? So it could vary, but I would say, and it also geographic location, what city do you live in? But um, I would roughly say approximately $10,000 for the treatment and a year of storage. Okay, That does not include the medications. Medications could be separate Uh anywhere from two to 5,000 on top of that. Okay, I would say that's sort of an average ballpark for egg freezing. So 10 to 15. 10 000. to 15 okay. if you had zero coverage. Right. Okay. And then IUI and IVF. So again, it depends what the IUI medicated, but again, I think I would say approximately for an IUI cycle, roughly $2,000. Okay. Approximately. And okay. then IVF can vary because mm-hmm. there are different forms of IVF. Right. From, you know, IVF with a fresh embryo transfer to mm-hmm. IVF with chromosomal screening of an embryo, Uh which entails freezing it and then doing a frozen embryo chancer. Uh And again, IVF, I would quote somewhere from 15 to 30 Mm -hmm. in terms of like depending on what needs to be done and what different adjuncts. Right. And that's just for one time. So exactly. Just after one, two, three times, you're talking, you're you're easily getting Mm -hmm. to like six digits after six months of trying, you know? So what about then like adoption and surrogacy? Because those are two different situations. So surrogacy also, I would say, can range as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you need IVF to do surrogacy, right? So you have to get your embryos first. Mm -hmm. So there's that part of it, which we just kind of referenced and how many rounds of that. But then the surrogate aspect itself, I would say at this point, you know, seventy-five to one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, probably depending on you know how it's done, right? And, and the various aspects of right, it, right? Right. And then adoption, I can't really speak to, but mm-hmm. yeah, that can range anywhere. I think generally, what we've seen is about a hundred to about two hundred thousand dollars. A lot of it is legal fees. Okay, there's a lot of legal fees that get tied up in that uh-huh. process. Same uh-huh. thing with surrogacy Same as well. Same thing with surrogacy because yeah, yeah, similar we've price range. Well. I would say yeah. Yeah. similar when you add in the IVF. I would say similar. Right. Interesting. Okay. And then the egg donor and the sperm. Right. So egg donor can also vary. There are now egg banks where they're frozen, where you can purchase a handful for, you know, twenty to 30000 okay. similar to an IVF. Okay. And then there's the fresh route where the donor undergoes like a fresh extraction and the recipient gets all those eggs. And that's, you know, sometimes via an agency, which mm-hmm. has cost too. And that could be anywhere, I would say, thirty to you know, significantly higher depending on sometimes the donor 
depending on their degree of education, may request higher compensation. Uh So that can vary as well, you know, for sure. And then sperm banks as well exist. So, you know, fertility clinics are not sperm banks. There are many sperm bank options. And I will say, just in my years as a fertility doctor from 2008 to the current time, vials of sperm used to be a couple hundred dollars a vial, and now they're well over $1,000 a vial, one vial. Wow. So that price has gone up significantly Significantly. as well. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So when a patient comes to you and is having like some financial insecurity about the whole situation, but wants to move forward, what is the conversation that you have with them? And what is the first step that they should take to get any kind of assistance or know what their options are? Right. So first off, there is understanding what their employee, like what their employer offers as okay. a benefit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, took me a long time to realize it's not the insurance company is what it's what is the employer offering as a fertility benefit. So uh-huh. one, do you have a fertility benefit through your health insurance? Uh-huh. And two, what does it cover? What does it entail? And do you have to go to certain clinics versus not? Right. So there's that component of it. But there are still many, you know, smaller businesses that just offer no benefit whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you could probably speak to that. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that becomes obviously this could become a huge financial obstacle for totally. many, many people, mm-hmm, right? When mm-hmm. we just heard the numbers we're speaking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that's where it's like, okay, like let's kind of partner together and figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's egg freezing, whether it's you need to do IVF or, you know, whatever the treatment is, let's let's find a path forward together and figure out how to make it reasonable and not a, another huge stress, stress on top on of you. a stress already mm-hmm. that's there, right? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I think there are are creative ways to do it, you know, for, like you said, women in their 20s who want to freeze if their employer doesn't offer the benefit, you know, let's talk about ways of saving and, and, you know, and there's loans now, which is amazing. Right. So is that something that then you would direct someone to, like a firm like this? Right. Exactly. Okay. And then tell me how you step into the game. Yeah. So, so many of the patients that we work with come to us from fertility clinics and CCRM. Yeah. And we kind of got introduced to them through that channel. And then we have our applicants kind of at the early stage of their process with us. They fill out a very quick online application that I'd mentioned. From there, we get really get hands-on with them. So we have mm-hmm. a team of you know fertility finance specialists that will chat over the phone, even a couple of times, mm-hmm. to really bring comfort to the experience of, and make very clear what they're gonna, what their experience will be like. Right. And, and that way, there's no questions because, like, as I think about this fertility process, my wife and I went through this journey ourselves. There's two key stresses that are sitting on either of your shoulders. One is, is this gonna work? How many right. cycles do I have to do? And that's right. just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then there's another stress on the other shoulder, perhaps. That is about the money. Exactly. You know, one cycle, 20K, two yeah, cycles, yeah. 40K, right. three, four, I don't know how, like you never know at the beginning, right, you know? Right. And so we're really there to alleviate that second stress. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that we can d- directly do. We wish we could about the first point of stress. Of course. But our teams will sit down and chat over the phone as many times as really honestly as necessary uh-huh. to get patients comfortable with what their financial experience is going to be develop the right plan. From there, we actually handle a lot of the financial aspect for the patient. So we disperse or we send money directly to the clinic, to Mm -hmm. the pharmacy, to any kind of lab that might be doing genetic testing. Mm -hmm. We handle all those payments so the patient doesn't have to log into this portal and that portal Mm -hmm. and the other one Mm -hmm. to send funds, to use their credit card, et cetera. So we take all that pressure off because you know, anyone that's gone through any kind of, you know, medical treatment and you go to any the major... Billing the then billing like is then like a whole other yeah. trauma that you have to deal yeah. with. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, having, you know, now we have, a, we have a young daughter who's two years old. I think for like 
six or eight months, we were still going back and forth with the hospital about just the delivery costs and stuff. Yeah. Just like kind of more standard costs. (laughs) Totally. And so just getting that whole headache and and that whole point of stress and all those phone calls off of the patient's plate. Mm -hmm. Let us handle that. We have direct relationships with so many clinics. And so we're able to do that in a really streamlined manner that works more effectively for the Mm -hmm. clinic, works more effectively for the patient. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's kind of what we're specialists at. Mm -hmm. And so it allows us to do things that we're great at. It takes all that pressure off the patient. And then from there, they just simply make a loan repayment once a month for however long they choose. And we can do auto pay. Generally, that's, you know, what most folks choose to do for their own efficiency and ours. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, from there on, you know, we just do an auto pay for the period of their loan and or the term of their loan. And that's kind of it. And then they have access to our care team mm-hmm. for about three months or so. They can chat with our care team over phone, email, video, you name mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. Um, text. Yeah. And and so that's the other half of what we do as a business. That's really nice because sometimes all these costs, like you're really unsure of what they should be and all these different yeah. medications. And it's helpful to have someone to bounce that off of that like knows what everything actually should cost to know yeah. that you're not getting overcharged by some th- someone or yeah. Yeah. And and what, what's interesting is like the medication cost itself is like, it varies by pharmacy. Right. You go to exactly. you know, four or five different pharmacies. Totally. And, yeah. Yeah. and so our, our nurses uh, on our care team are really in tune with the different pharmacies and their pricing and who mm-hmm. will match pricing. And mm-hmm. we have partnerships with pharmacies ourselves and we get discounts. Mm-hmm. And so they'll work with the patient to understand what the best scenario is in terms of pricing on meds. Is it the pharmacy that your employer may have or your employer, your prescription benefit from your employer health plan might have in their network? Or is it one that's in our network or our okay. partnerships? And so we really work with the patient to understand what's the best scenario for them. Right. And and it's really it's, it's so one-off. It's one by one. There's right. no like obvious way to figure it out. Right. And so it's the expertise that our, our nurses have built up over years and employing that to make sure that... Each individual each, is exactly. like getting their needs met. That exactly. makes sense. So how often would you say you're finding that women are covered by their employers? It's getting better. It is. I will say that. It is absolutely getting better. Mm -hmm. I mean, for many years, egg freezing or embryo freezing in, you know, an individual couple who maybe hasn't really been trying yet was never covered. Mm -hmm. Even in, you know, women with cancer who needed, who wanted to freeze eggs, even that wasn't covered for many years. So it is improving quite a bit. And Mm -hmm. I would say, at least in New York City, from what I'm seeing, a lot of the bigger companies tech firms, banks, consulting firms, law firms are now offering the benefit and mm-hmm. not and in a very more broad way mm-hmm. as well, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So things like egg freezing now are covered. Mm-hmm. Embryo banking can be covered. Okay. So you don't necessarily have to deem that you've had six months of infertility and then go through various steps of treatment that right. they tell you. Right. So I would say that is something that I'm seeing more of, which That's I think helpful. is amazing. But still, I think, you know, the bulk of people probably don't have the benefit because Mm -hmm. they don't work for some of these bigger companies Mm -hmm. that have the means to offer it. Mm -hmm. So it's still a huge, huge issue, I think, in this country is access to the care. Especially when everybody is telling us that it's not in our control and there's nothing we can do. Like we should do something about it. You should freeze your eggs, but then they're not covering it. Exactly. Yeah. It's frustrating. And there is also, you know, you don't want, I would say, we don't want the cost to be the barrier. And you also don't want the cost to be what's making you decide where to go. Right. But how can it not be if you really don't have... 
So the, we have to just, money. yeah, exactly. We have to find creative ways to yeah. do it. Or like, yeah. even in like, you know, younger women, like we have to prioritize, okay, so maybe I'm going to start saving every month XYZ amount of money, or maybe mm-hmm. I won't take that vacation that I want to take and mm-hmm. I'm going to freeze my eggs instead. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I know it, these are like not sacrifices, easy sacrifices you have but, to make, but mm-hmm. in the long term, you know, better. And then the other thing also is, you know, you don't really want to cut corners here either because mm-hmm. there are places that can offer treatment at like, quote unquote, discounted prices. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, you know, for me, I call them patients. They're not consumers to me. But if you are the consumer, do the research and right. learn about the statistics of the place because you may save yourself some money. But if those eggs or embryos are never going to work or the success rates are really low, mm-hmm. then you've lost a lot of money. Right. It's almost like you yeah. get what you pay for yeah. type of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So some people may not even know that they have fertility insurance benefits. What do you think are some steps that someone can take to speak to their employer? Like what could they say to them just to give them some tools to speak up and empower themselves? Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of patients who have been actually like sort of the impetus to get their employer to start covering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've had, it's a hard thing to do, right? As like a, you know, woman, man, you know, whoever you are to go into that office and ask for the benefit. To feel like you're worthy of it. It's hard to ask for it when no one's done it before you because you feel like maybe I'm not worth this. But Or it's risky or if I go ask for it, like. I don't think I'm asking for too much. Yeah, but I I think it's, I think nowadays it's important and you have to be your own advocate. I completely agree. And it also makes sense to the extent that you can to ask a little early the process for an employer to research the different types of fertility benefit plans that are out there and Uh contract and deliver and all that kind of stuff. It takes time for them. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, in an egg freezing scenario, if you think you might do it next year or the year after, it's kind of lightly on your mind. Right. Ask early because you've got to give the employer a little bit of time to get stuff in a row and find the right financial package for them. Mm -hmm. And so- in a moment's notice, it's going to be pretty tough for them to, even if they, just, if they want to, it's going to be tough mm-hmm. for them to create that package or plan for you. Mm-hmm. So ask early is, is, is another key point that I would suggest. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, being your own advocate is so important because no one is going to do it for us. I think the more that we speak out, the more other women will too. And that's the only way that anything right. is going to get done in this arena, right. you and know? He, yeah, and even like think about the LGBTQTI community, right? Yeah. They need... Yeah. Fertility services mm-hmm. to to have a baby, they no matter need it. exactly. They need it. They have to. They have to have it actually. Yeah. And so, that's a whole other area, probably a whole other topic in terms uh-huh. of like cost we did and discussion. A whole, yeah, we did a whole that, episode on that. Not but necessarily the cost. cost yeah. but I'm sure it's even. Yeah. So much that's more. a whole other area too, where you know advocacy within that yeah. community mm-hmm. is making change and progress. And, mm-hmm. and again, companies are starting to recognize and say, okay, you don't have to, you know, do an IUI with donor sperm for six months, then say you're infertile to tap into your benefits. Like right. they're, yeah. they're changing the language a little bit. It's it's slow progress, but it's happening. But a lot of change comes from those individuals who go advocate for it. Yeah. Right. So you kind of have to speak up at some point. A hundred percent. So what are other options for affording family planning? Like what other type of financing options are available besides the insurance that you have from your employer or any kind of loan? Like, is there anything else? There are some nonprofits, Uh but really kind of more specific. Like, so, you know, there's a great nonprofit that we work with called Chick Mission. Uh-huh. That offers, I've heard of Chick Mission. Yeah, so they yeah. offer grants to 
individuals with cancer Mm -hmm. who need the treatment. Mm -hmm. And then I do believe also within the LGBTQI community, there are some nonprofits that can offer some sort of grants as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are some nonprofits who are offering, but again, Mm -hmm. it's it's hard. There's like Baby Quest, which offers grants for fertility treatment. So there are some out there that if you do the research, Uh you know, you can apply for and based on your circumstances may get. But obviously the demand is going to be so much more than what they're offering. Of course. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't have much to add to that, but yeah, yeah, I think grants are the other interesting option to go through. You know, it's not always going to solve for the financial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. We've known people to switch employers mm-hmm. and find an employer heard, that has coverage. I've heard of that too. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit unusual to suggest that, but there are people that do that. Or there if you're thinking that, about a new job, oh, make sure that yeah. you're doing your due diligence yep. and find a deal absolutely. that has that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I talk absolutely. about that a lot because mm-hmm. again, especially in New York City, I would say since the pandemic, I have seen more and more companies offering, and especially for the egg freezing, Mm -hmm. which for many years was considered elective. They didn't cover it. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely talked to a lot of patients who, like, are potentially leaving their job and then using the benefit or looking for new ones. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of giving them some of the names, like, you know, some of, like, the third-party payers that companies are using and different Mm -hmm. buzzwords Mm -hmm. to look for it. Mm -hmm. Because I would say, given the cost that we discussed and the amount of money it could take over the course of multiple Rounds, yeah. like this could be like a year of your salary. No, totally. So it's, a, it, it's something to consider when looking at a new job. Yeah. And I think also something to consider when just thinking about savings in general. Like we save for so many things when we're at this age. We're saving for a house. We're saving for that car we want or we're starting to save for our kids mm-hmm. school. And, the, you know, there's so many things to save for. And I don't think that this is necessarily a bucket that people are thinking about saving for fertility. And unfortunately, I think that it is something that we have to be more on top of. Like you said, unfortunately, that vacation or whatever it is, I mean, Every person decides personally what they can sacrifice. But I know for me, like I'm dealing with fertility issues right now at 38 years old. And I don't know whether if I had frozen eggs in my 20s, if that would have made a difference. But just the thought of wondering is like, oh, I wish I would have done that. And I could have. And I think that, yeah. It's just, it's like a, a an insurance in and of itself. Yeah. But it yeah. also egg freezing too. Like I say this to my patients all the time. Don't have that guilt because it really wasn't spoken. 10 years ago, we weren't talking That's about it. Very it was true. still just, it was experimental until mm-hmm. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, you're so right. So I think, don't feel guilty it's because- It's easy to think that way, I'm going to tell right. you 10 years ago, I did not have 28-year-olds coming in to freeze their eyes right. unless they had cancer. It just wasn't. A thing. So interesting. So, yeah. So, but it's it's totally different now because the freeze technology is so good. It's so good. Yeah. And we're just becoming more aware. And I think that women are getting pregnant later. I don't know if you found this, but like, I feel like women are getting pregnant later and maybe are just like more stress. And sometimes I think that's why there have been more infertility issues. No, absolutely. A couple more questions. So for the people who cannot afford the cost of fertility journeys, what are ways that we can all help? Like I know you mentioned some of the the nonprofits, but is there anything that we can do with like the government or anything else that we can do to help this financial situation with infertility? 
I would certainly suggest like every state has its own policy or, or mm-hmm. lack thereof mm-hmm. around mandates for coverage for, from an insurance perspective. Mm-hmm. New York State is one that does have a mandate, but it's limited and narrow in scope in some regards, but still probably one of the broader mandates in this country. Okay. You know, reaching out to your elected officials is, is a good way to go about elevating this issue to mm-hmm. make sure it's something that's on the mind of the folks that represent us. Mm-hmm. When that's kind of in the state house and in our local state governments, et cetera. But yeah, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, just like talking about it, talking about it, saving, making like thinking about it as a priority, but also, yeah, just supporting one another. And I think uh, for me, it's like being vulnerable and on open about my experience has, I think, just made people feel less alone. And even that can like manifest people's energy into doing something about this, you know, just like starting a conversation has so much power. Yeah. For a long time, there wasn't much of a public conversation just about fertility treatment. Mm -hmm. So that's opening up and things like this are continuing to make that better, Right. Uh, make it more of a topic of conversation that folks can have with their friends or learn from their friends, other folks who've been, you know, through the process. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing people don't talk about is the cost of this. Right. So yeah, maybe folks are starting to talk about fertility treatment more and it's becoming more of a news topic. Mm Mm-hmm. But the thing that's not a news topic right now is the cost yeah. of it. Nobody and, does. Yeah. When we were starting to look into surrogacy, I had no idea. And people were so tight-lipped about it. Yeah. And people, it's one of those things where it's like everybody wants to know and, and nobody cares, but people just don't want to say. Yeah. Like I could even see when you were answering some of the questions of the cost, it was like sort of hard to even say because right. some of them are, it's so much it's so that much it's money. like I can't right. even. I know. But what is happening is so valuable and so intricate and so detail oriented. And so it it has it, it has that cost to it. Um, but one day there will be universal coverage, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We can just yeah. keep pushing We're for it. Yeah. Yeah. So how can we all find out more about CCRM? <laughs> so we are like a nationwide clinic. We have some clinics in Canada as well. But definitely like go to our website, read about us, see where our locations are, social media as well. Mm-hmm. But again, we're all over the country now and we are really sort of known for our lab, the quality Mm -hmm. of our lab. Again, when I say when looking for your fertility partner, there's two components. It's the embryology, the people handling the eggs, the sperm, the embryos, and then it's your physician and the Mm -hmm. team there. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we really try to take pride in, you know, kind of being the best of both worlds, Mm -hmm. you know, having that quality lab, but also having that personalized care doctors and nurses that you can be in touch with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I say I'm only as good as my lab is. So, you know, I feel really fortunate to work with this lab that has really been sort of on the forefront of the technology for the past several decades, actually, the freeze technology a lot. They were very instrumental in developing. So, Yeah, I wish I would have known about you guys during my whole journey. But it's been, yeah, so cool to meet so many different doctors from your team and And you know, we this. are the USA and there's amazing fertility care yes, here. So, true, but yeah. Like, so that's that's great. You know, yeah. we, we have a lot of, you know, good colleagues at other places as well with yeah. good labs as yeah. well. So. <laughs> and then how can we hear more about your company? Yeah, you can just visit us, futurefamily.com. And just start an application. Again, it takes 90 seconds. It's very easy to get in touch with our team members just to understand what the process is like, Mm -hmm. how we partner with different clinics, and how we can make the journey a little less stressful than it kind of naturally is going to be. Yeah. Amazing. 
Well, thank you guys thank so much you. for coming in. Thank you yeah. for coming in from New York. Yeah, of course. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. It's an important yeah. topic. No, it is yeah. an important, important topic. And sometimes yeah. I think the financial stuff, like I said, it can be a little bit like, like yeah, no, it's eek, and people don't because, really but, know, but you have to yeah. have the conversations yeah. to, or else without information, like you don't have any yeah. power. The longer yeah. you go without thinking about the financial aspect of it, the more difficult it becomes. That's also yeah. true. So then you're just in denial. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're in denial. Yeah, yeah. So save start early, yeah. ask mm-hmm. early, mm-hmm. plan early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just getting out ahead of it. Yeah, it, it looking for jobs, way. asking your employer when you're out there looking yeah. at jobs or debating mm-hmm. two different companies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all important things to start thinking about. Yeah, or making sure if you're a founder that's listening, yeah. that mm-hmm. this is something there that you, you offer. Exactly. Or, yeah. All right, well, thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Pleasure.